0: It is demeaning. Quit the search for salvation. It is selfish. Practice nothing, and you will accomplish it.
1: It's good to see everyone here, um, especially on this Sunday. You may know is one of the least well-attended Sundays of the year. The Sunday after Candlemas.
0: Yeah, everybody done all that. I know, know all that festivities, week, so. Yeah, Thank you for being here. Yeah. yeah.
1: All
0: right. Hey, uh, what what's coming up? Uh, Ash Wednesday, Lent. That's is coming, coming up. up. Yep. Coming up really soon. And we are have joined together with the uh, Bethlehem Baptist Church. No, what's it called? Lutheran Church. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the church that meets here. And we're going to uh, have every Wednesday night at six thirty in Lent. We're going to have uh, dinner together. 5.30. 5.30. We're going to have dinner together. And um, then we're going to have a service of, uh, what? what's it going to be like, contemplation? Uh, I think uh, very Vespers-esque.
1: Oh, yes. yeah.
0: Vespers. Oh, yeah, Vespers. Is that what it is? Yeah, Vespers. Yeah. Um,
1: so a great Lenten.
0: Yeah, Lenten practice. So I'll come if you're at all. We are going to make dinner for this uh, uh, on the 22nd of February, which is Ash Wednesday, and the 22nd of March, which is uh, a month later. Um, but so, if you're all interested in helping to cook, be part of preparing the meal, please come and talk to me. That would be great.
1: I think we have. If we don't have anything else, I think we have a guest announcer.
0: No. I have a lot of other things, oh, things yeah. to say, but I just, it's not going very well, so I'm going to skip them. <laughs> okay. So let's just bring up the, uh, okay, yeah. here we go. Here comes yeah, Nancy. this is better. Yeah, All right. definitely. Yeah. Here she is. Uh,
2: Nancy, Nancy is Helen. our youngster are. Yeah. Czar. <laughs> not even czarina, czar. <laughs> well, it, czar does rhyme with jar, And I wanted to let everyone know that we plan to, after church, in two weeks, on the 26th, which will be the first Sunday in Lent, have a group practice of making some glitter jars, which we use frequently in the youngster classes as kind of a contemplative object. Uh, You fill these jars with glitter, water, and then slowly watch and focus your attention and observe that glitter as it sinks to the bottom and it's something that the youngsters have been asking for, um, I think, as long as I've been teaching to make glitter jars again, so we're gonna do it. On the 26th, if you have a vessel that you would like to fill with glitter, um, you could bring that. We also have a, quite a number of them. Oh. Not, just Not just for youngsters, no, anyone can have a glitter jar. Anyone, no age limit. There are plastic ones if you are uh, worried about breaking glitter jar all over your house, but the glass is nice. This is the House of Mercy and welcome to it.
1: Let us know something about you. Show us how to learn. Or if you think we already have enough to go on, propel us to get a move on. Loving, overturning, transforming, resisting, forgiving, amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. Let's share a sign of peace.
2: All right. Our guest artist this afternoon is Michael Morris.
3: Um, I wrote these songs yesterday and uh, um, or last night and I have, um, in order to be a musician with a certain amount of your time, um, you—it's like a—it's like if 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 our lives—if we're—if we're born and we're given a bunch of coupons and we can trade them for anything, right? And you trade it for music, it's like you automatically get time in bars, in one way or the other, and a lot of time bartending, and I. Have not spent a lot of time bartending in a few years, but I have lately and uh and i'm uh, not of a awareness or a wisdom level to make this as a claim that i'm I'm not saying this is my opinion, but while i'm doing that, sometimes a weight hits me that I think about. All of the issues and problems in the world that we face that we're trying to address all the time. And I like, from that vantage point, I'm like, this whack a mole thing we do with all the issues in life, right? Or like, I think while I am at that place, you know, behind the bar and and seeing how it feels sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I'm like, I think those are symptoms and this is the source somehow, something going on here. And, and it's been weighing heavy on me. And I was like, how do I, how do I process this? And I thought, I'm going to try to write a song every night based on stuff that I feel and pick up on while doing that. So I don't know these songs at all. But I'm going to try to sing them for you. Because um, they're the songs that are on my mind. Well,
4: I heard a robin whistling. wish winter away Soon there'll be a christening baptizing the day When the ice starts glistening melting into May Summer shall surround us safe and soon I hope and pray Well I heard some pirates singing Yo-ho-ho and spice the rum Or prescribe a pill to make a buccaneer feel numb I trust in the science to keep night terrors at bay Surely peace shall call us safe and soon, I hope and pray Happy birthday, baby Welcome home We're a long, long way From where we're going Happy birthday, baby Welcome home On this road You'll never walk alone Well, I heard a river rolling bubbling, flowing gently on Time too takes its toll on every bishop, queen, and pawn Troubadours shall sing new songs upon St. David's Day Touring in a new dawn, safe and soon, I hope and pray Happy birthday, baby Welcome home We're a long, long way from where we're going Happy birthday baby, welcome home On this road you'll never walk alone
3: is based on the bartender's perspective on real life events from Friday, the 10th of February. Um, And the names were changed to protect the innocent, as is the case in this song, that was inspired by true events from a single point of view that may or may not see the truth.
4: My friends are all frightened to death Far more than they would e'er express See, glazed over eyes can sure tone down surprise When terror is all we have left A loose cannon out on the deck We all survived the wreck While water gives life The seven seas bring strife Till old Davy Jones grabs your neck Ain't nothing to fear Ain't nothing to fear Ain't nothing to fear Ain't nothing to fear We prepared this here ship to float and weather the storms from sundown till morning comes. Never give up on your hope. Addiction is a dread disease. With a demon, you'll die to peace. Lucifer lies with the words of the wise Stay sober and you'll recognize Ain't nothing to fear, ain't nothing to fear We prepared this here ship to float And whether the storms from sundown till morning comes Never give up on your hope Title will be Till the End. The people prefer shame and sin. Can I claim I care while I double dog dare you? To give that revolver a spin. Ain't nothing to fear, ain't nothing to fear. We prepared this here ship to float. Weather the storms from sundown till morning comes. Never give up on your pole. Ain't nothing to fear. Ain't nothing to fear. We prepared this here ship to float. And weather the storms from sundown till morning comes. Never. Give up on your hope.
1: I invite you to join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer petition with God in your mercy, and I invite you to respond. Hear our prayer. Let's pray. God of mercy, we pray for the world glued to their TVs or scrambling for just some place to get out of the cold. For those crushed by the spectacle and those taken up by it. For those who cannot make ends meet and for those who don't know what they have. We pray for cultural transformations that we might get closer to the way of nonviolence, toward valuing equity or community or something that draws us together. God, in your mercy, We pray for those who are grieving, having lost people they love, or their home, or what little sense of security they may have had after the devastating earthquakes, in the midst of the violence of war, after the violence at schools, at grocery stores, at too many places. We pray for those who are hungry, exploited, cold, without shelter or water, or someplace comfortable to lie down who have to face the next hour and day and years without someone they loved. God, in your mercy. God of mercy, of course, we are shaped by the culture in which we live, but help us not to be deluded by it, to adopt its principles as our own, to begin to believe that mammon is God, that self-advancement is the most important thing. I think this is why we're here, because we believe or hope for an an alternative. Help us find it. God, in your mercy. God, in mercy, we pray that women and trans people and girls and boys could be free of the violence of men. That girls' bodies will not be bought and sold in Arizona or Vietnam or St. Paul. That misogyny and male supremacy might actually end. God, in your mercy. God in mercy, help us get through our weeks, somehow accomplish the mundane and the necessary, the day after day, and still be alive and grateful. Help us to get our homework done, survive our work, wash the dishes, make the meals, accomplish the task before us, with some sort of levity if we need it, or gravity if we need the weight. Help us live every day. God, in your mercy. Help those who are in need of healing. We pray especially for Asher and for Bob and for Kelly, that they would be well. God, in your mercy. God, in mercy, we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. Here our confessions as we pause for silence. You love us and have compassion for us and you forgive us all of our sin. Thank you, amen.
3: me lord what have i ever done
4: to deserve even one of the
3: pleasures i've known tell me lord
5: what did i ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown
6: From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 37. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment, and if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the counsel, and if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, and do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The word of the Lord.
0: You, you know, you know how you click around. You know how you click around, right? And. Um, Sometimes it's just like, what are the, it's called bait, clickbait. bait, you know, you, you follow it along and you're like, you know, you're disappointed. Because, I mean, let's be honest, there's no way a grapefruit could do all that, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, some things, they're just pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, did you, like, okay, I thought this is super interesting. The, the um, guy who invented, to first designed the SUV, um, was the original Bozo the Clown. I mean, I mean, really. I mean, isn't that? I guess he kind of got sick of it, you know, the. He wanted a bigger car. I think I don't know, but, um, yeah. Or or, the, or that or Dick Cheney's still alive. That one always gets me, you know. Like, well, I mean, so it's interesting. But then this week I got pulled in, like, um, you know, the food pyramid. It you know do you know it doesn't exist anymore? They got they got rid of the food pyramid completely. They threw it out. I mean, we learned that thing, you know, and uh, growing up. You know, after, the, after, after a history with roots that date back as far as 1894. I mean, of course, it's been changed a lot of times, you know, over the last 130 years. Um, but this change, they did, I don't know when, sometime since I last came across it. These changes are big. I mean, they got rid of the food pyramid altogether. You know, the famous multicolored guide, it had that big layer on the bottom, which bread and cereal, rice and pasta, you know it, then the smaller level of fruits and vegetables, Then even smaller level of milk, cheese, meat, fish, then that one little tiny thing on the top, right, that's fat and sugar. The government started issuing these dietary guidelines primarily to help parents to feed their kids better. It seems like a good thing for government to be doing. Um, I mean, that's pretty much how they talked about it originally, and that's how they talk about today, the government guidelines, to help you have, feed your kids and have them be healthy. But you know, like a hundred years ago or however long ago, the government, when they issued these dietary guidelines, they did it because there's this large migration of, from rural areas to the cities. The Industrial Revolution was pulling people into the city to work in manufacturing. And while the number of families at the subsistence level didn't change much, in the densely populated cities, families were without their garden plots that they usually had, and uh, maybe a cow and some chickens that they used to have in their backyard. So many of these new urban dwellers, um, these youngsters, they weren't getting enough uh, to eat, really, uh, and certainly not getting enough of the right kinds of food that they needed. So today, The guidelines kind of serve the opposite purpose. Not to make sure kids get enough to eat, but you know, make sure they don't eat too much. The Department of Agriculture is now, it's scrapped the food pyramid and they're simply saying eat less food. That's all you need to worry about. Just eat less food. Give your kids less food. And uh, let's just start there. I mean, Sure, of course, you want to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and you want to eat less meat and cheese and eat a lot less of fat and sugar, but basically eat less of everything. I mean, I always thought that the food pyramid was a little ill-conceived. I mean, I don't mean to be controversial, but um, it all seemed a little bit ill-conceived to me. I mean, it was clearly designed in consultation with the processed food industry. I mean, it had to be. I mean, come on. It was designed from the beginning to send mixed messages. I think, like, you know, they're not familiar with the, like, people aren't familiar with the concept of the pinnacle, a pyramid, you know, to move from the earthly bounds of the mortal to the pinnacle where it touches God. It touches the immortal. You don't put something you want people to avoid at the pinnacle. You know, that's just not, that's just not uh, how it works. Um, that's where you put the crown jewels, the most desirable, sparkly, and loveliness. And that is where the Department of Alco- Agriculture put fat and sugar. It is the pyramid of food desire. On the bottom, you have your bread and your oatmeal, you know, your commonplace things, and then fruit, a little more desirable, then chicken nuggets and hamburgers this is great. And then the pinnacle of the kid food desire, salt, fat, sugar. So I guess after the pyramids, great success of fetishizing this salt, fat, and sugar, the key ingredients in the building blocks of all processed foods, the Trilateral Commission, or whoever the amalgamation of government, finance, and uh, MIT graduates that decided how to maximize profits for the trust, realized that maybe they'd gone too far. They'd been too successful, that the cost of medical care for treating the diseases related to obesity and on this pinnacle diet, it, it was affecting even their bottom line. They realized that they had to scrap that pyramid and say, hey, stop eating so much. It's killing our profit margins. So they got rid of it. They got rid of it. There are people out there, learned people, beyond the control of the Pinnacle Trust, though that have a different message, I think, you know? I heard this interview with a former secretary of the Department of Agriculture discussing these new dietary guidelines, and he says, I tell people not to worry about how much they eat. Don't worry about too much, too much about balancing these food group, this food group or that food group. It's what." Eat whatever you want as long as it's not processed foods. If it's real food, fresh fruit and vegetables, organic meats and cheeses, whole grains, you'll be fine. Your kids will be fine, healthy even. The amount of fat and salt and sugar that will be eliminated from your diet by not eating processed, packaged, manufactured, uh, satanic foods will be far out uh, away from any concern you might have about eating too much. You know, if you can have all the good meat and butter and broccoli, you'll be fine, you'll be healthy. Eat real food, not processed packaged foods. You won't need to keep track of these food groups. You won't need to keep track of calories. So you don't need these dietary laws. Eat the way that your great-grandparents did. That's the way people have been eating for thousands and thousands of years. That way uh, we produce and the way we can produce and consume our food today has only been around for like 60 years. You know, our grandparents, at the behest of the robber baron industrialists, they severed their relationship with the land and traded in for a relationship with a can. Of course, cans are too expensive now for most things, a little plastic bag is mostly what we get. So, um, I don't know, Well, amen, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else to say about that, um, but <laughs> that was a lot, um, but uh, Dick Cheney is still alive, um, um, yeah, okay, Bible verse, let's go, um, I don't have too much time left, but uh, I'll touch on a few things, all right, the Sermon on the Mount, just a bit, uh, we're still reading the Sermon on the Mount, we have for a while here for the last four weeks, I think, the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. Um, the Sermon on the Mount, as you all know, is a, a collection of ethical teachings, these guidelines for how to live. But as I've mentioned before, there are a lot of really hard ethical teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, seemingly impossible teachings on how we should live. And some of them are kind of, well, I mean, let's face it, over the top, Today's text is infamous for all of its over-the-topness. The part of the reading that really gets a lot of attention is the severing parts, the cutting parts off, the plucking out parts. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, pluck it out. I don't know why it has to be your right eye. Maybe your left eye, you know, you can't expect as much from. Maybe, you know, you know who that left eye is. It would be better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole, bo- than your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It would be better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, on this I get a little hung up, right? So if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. But then you read a little bit more, and Jesus says not to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So maybe your right hand could be cut off and your left hand wouldn't even know? Which might make some sense, I don't know. Because you can't see your right hand because you tore your right eye out, so... But if you keep this up and your right leg causes you to sin and you cut it off, well, you're falling over. Your old right side is gone. I think the left side is going to start to get suspicious that it's being kept from something. I think there's more to this text than the severing. I think maybe the severing might be contrasting something else. It might just be metaphorical, like the food pyramid and Dick Cheney being alive. This text begins by saying, the guidelines tell you not to murder. I say, if you're angry with your brother or sister, you are liable for judgment. If you insult your brother or sister, you're liable. If you say, you fool, you're liable of of hellfire. These actions are the real severing actions. Doing the things that sever relationships, those are the things that will lead to a lopsided, unable-to-stand-up, half-blinded sort of life. That's why the text then goes on to say that if you're at the altar, you're about to give an offering, and you've done something to sever a relationship with your brother or sister, get up and go and make peace with them. Get reconciled. This is why um, in our liturgy, in the Christian liturgy, um, we we take the time to share a sign of peace with one another. It comes from this text here. It's to get right and make peace before we come to the altar. Dick Janey actually invented that. You can go back three times, but not four, I guess. It's not, uh, it's not as important for you to practice these rituals of atonement as it is for you to actually get up and go make peace with your brother or sister, to get reconciled. I mean, you can do it. You can do it now, and you'll be whole again. It's a beautiful thing. This is the point of all of Jesus' ethical teaching, that we can live in whole, full relationships with each other. And this has always been the basis of the law to show us what it looks like to love each other. The presentation of these of the 10 commandments in Leviticus 19 begins with God saying, "You are holy because I am holy." And then lists all the ways that we should treat each other and then concludes with "you shall love your neighbor as yourself." These 10 guidelines are not a list of things you need to do to be holy, to be righteousness. We already are. We start out that way. We are holy because God is holy. We are righteous because God is righteous. God made us that way. Now, in the Old Testament, being righteous is not the same thing as being perfect, or without sin, or super good. In the Old Testament, being holy or righteous is the condition of being chosen by God, to be God's people, to be God's children. That's what it means to be holy, to be righteous. We are all God's children, chosen by God, loved by God, and as a result, we can live our lives in ways that do not sever our relationships with our neighbors, and when we do, we can repair those relationships. We can love our neighbors, and we can live lives that do not sever our relationships with our families, or our friends, or strangers, or the land, or our own bodies. We can love each other and love ourselves. And when we don't, we can stand up and go and get reconciled. We can go and get reconciled because God chooses us and is choosing us, coming to us. Jesus, the Messiah, is coming always, reconciling all to God's self. We can do this. We can accept this. We can live full, whole lives, not because of our own will or capacity, but because we have been made holy. We can love, and live reconciling lives. We know how to. People have been doing it for years and years. Let's not worry about how much. Let's eat.